0: Book seventeen of Jerusalem Delivered by Toquato Tasso, translated by Edward Fairfax. This Librivox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland The Argument Egypt's great host, in battle ray forth brought, the caliph sends with Godfrey's power to fight. Armida, who Rinaldo's ruins sought, to them adjoins herself and Syria's might. To satisfy her cruel will and thought, she gives herself to him that kills her knight. He takes his fatal arms, and in his shield his ancestors and their great deeds be healed. Gaza, the city, on the frontier stands of Judah's realm as men to Egypt ride, built near the sea. Beside it, of dry sands, huge wildernesses lie and deserts wide, which the strong winds lift from the parched lands and toss like roaring waves in roughest tide, that from those storms poor passengers almost no refuge find, but there are drowned and lost. Within this town, one from the Turks of yore, strong garrison the king of Egypt placed, and for it nearer was, and fitted more, that high emprise to which his thoughts he cast, he left great Memphis, and to Gaza bore his regal throne. And there, from countries vast of his huge empire, all the puissant host assembled he, and mustered on the coast. Come, say, my muse, what manner times these were, and in those times how stood the state of things. What power this monarch had, what arms they bear, what nations subject, and what friends he brings. For from all lands, the southern ocean near, or morning star, came princes, dukes, and kings and only thou, of half the world well nigh, the armies, lords, and captains canst descry. When Egypt, from the Greekish emperor, rebelled first, and Christ's true faith denied, of Mahomet's descent, a warrior there set his throne, and ruled that kingdom wide. Caliph he hight, and caliphs, since that hour, are his successors' name it all besides. So Nihilus old his kings long time had seen, that Ptolemies and Pharaohs called had been. Established was that kingdom in short while, and grew so great that over Asia's lands and Libya's realms it stretched many a mile, from Syria's coasts as far as Cyrene stands, and southward passed gainst the course of Nile, through the hot clime where burnt Syene stands hence bounded in with sandy deserts waste and thence with euphrates rich flood embraced maremma myrrh and spices that doth bring and all the rich red sea it comprehends and to those lands toward the morning spring that lie beyond that gulf it far extends great is that empire greater by the king that rules it now whose worth the land amends and makes more famous Lord thereof, by blood, by wisdom, valour, and all virtues good, with Turks and Persians, war he oft did wage, and oft he won, and sometime lost the field, nor could his adverse fortune aught assuage his valour's heat or make his proud heart yield, but when he grew unfit for war through age, he sheathed his sword and laid aside his shield, but yet his warlike mind he laid not down, nor his great thirst of rule, praise, and renown. But by his knights still cruel wars maintained, so wise his word, so quick his wit appears, that of the kingdom large, o'er which he reigned, the charge seemed not too weighty for his years. His greatness, Afric's lesser kings, constrained to tremble at his name. All in him fears, and other realms that would his friendship hold, some armed soldiers sent, some gifts, some gold this mighty prince assembled had the flower of all his realms against the frenchmen stout to break their rising empire and their power nor of sure conquest had he fear or doubt to him armida came even at the hour when in the plains old gaza's walls without the lords and leaders all their armies bring in battle ray mustered before their king he on his throne was set to which on height who clomb An hundred ivory stairs first told, Under a pentice wrought of silver bright, And trod on carpets made of silk and gold. His robes were such as best be Might a king so great, so grave, so rich, so old, And twined of sixty ells of lawn and more, A turban strange adorned his tresses hoar. His right hand did his precious scepter wield, his beard was grey, his looks severe and grave, and from his eyes, not yet made dim with yield, sparkled his former worth and vigour brave, his gestures all the majesty are and state as his old age and empire crave. So Phidias carved, Apelles so, a dee, erst painted Jove, Jove thundering down from sky. On either side him stood a noble lord, whereof the first held in his upright hand of severe justice the unpartial sword. The other bare the seal, and causes scanned, keeping his folk in peace and good accord, and termed was Lord Chancellor of the land, but Marshal was the first, and used to lead his armies forth to war oft with good speed. Of bold Circassians, with their halberds long, about his throne his guards stood in a ring, all richly armed, in golden corslets strong, and by their sides their crooked swords down hing. Thus set, thus seated, his grave lords among, his hosts and armies great beheld the king, and every band, as by his throne it went, their ensigns low inclined, and arms down bent. Their squadrons first the men of Egypt show in four troops, and each his several guide, of the high country too, two of the low, which Nile had won out of the salt seaside. His fertile slime first stopped the water's flow, then hardened to firm land the plough to bide. So Egypt still increased, within far placed, that part is now where ships erst anchor cast. The foremost band the people were that dwelled in Alexandria's rich and fertile plain, along the western shore, where Nile expelled the greedy billows of the swelling main. Araspis was their guide, who more excelled in wit and craft than strength or warlike pain. To place an ambush close, or to devise a treason false, was none so sly so wise. The people next, that gainst the morning rays along the coast of Asia, have their seat. Arondes led them whom no warlike praise ennobled, but high birth and titles great. His helm ne'er made him sweat in toilsome phrase, nor was his sleep air broke with trumpet's thread, but from soft ease to try the toil of fight his fond ambition brought this carpet knight. The third seemed not a troop or squadron small, but a huge host, nor seemed it so much grain in Egypt grew as to sustain them all. Yet from one town thereof came all that train, a town in people to huge shires equal, that did a thousand streets and more contain, great care it height, whose commons from each side came swarming out to war, camps their guide. Next, under Gazel marched they that plough the fertile lands above that town which lie, up to the place where Nihilus, tumbling low, falls from his second cataract on high egyptians weaponed were with sword and bow no weight of helm or hauberk list they try and richly armed in their strong foes no dread of death but great desire of spoil they breed the naked folk of barca these succeed unarmed half Alarcon led that band that long in deserts lived in extreme need on spoils and praise purchased by strength of hand To battle strong, unfit, their king did lead his army next, brought from Zumara land. Then he of Tripoli, for sudden fight and skirmish short, both ready, bold, and light. Two captains next brought forth their bands to show, whom stony, sent and happy Araby, which never felt the cold of frost and snow, or force of burning heat, unless fame lie, where incense pure and all sweet odors grow where the sole phoenix doth revive, not die, and midst the perfumes rich and flowerets brave, both birth and burial, cradle hath and grave. Their clothes not rich, their garments were not gay, but weapons like the Egyptian troops they had, the Arabians next, that have no certain stay, no house, no home, no mansion, good or bad. But ever, as the Scythian horde stray from place to place their wandering cities gad. These have both voice and stature feminine, hair long and black, black face and fiery eyne. Long Indian canes with iron-armed they bear, and as upon their nimble steeds they ride, like a swift storm their speedy troops appear. If wind so fast brings storms from heavens wide, By Syphax led, the first Arabians were, Aldine the second squadron had a guide, and Abiazar proud, brought to the fight the third, a thief, a murderer, not a knight. The islanders came then their prince before, whose lands Arabia's gulf enclosed about, wherein they fish and gather oysters store, whose shells great pearls, rich and round pour out. The Red Sea sent with them from his left shore, of negroes grim, a black and ugly rout. These, Agricult, and those, Osmida brought, a man that set law, faith, and truth at naught. The Ethiops next, which Meroe doth breed, that sweet and gentle isle of Meroe, twixt Nile and Astrobore that far doth spread, where two religions are, and kingdoms three. These, Asimiro and Canario led. Both kings, both pagans, and both subjects be to the great caliph. But the third king kept Christ's sacred faith, nor to these wars outstepped. After, two kings, both subject also ride, and of two bands the archers had the charge. The first, Sultan of Orms, placed in the wide, huge Persian bay a town rich, fair and large. The last, of Beacon, which at every tide the sea cuts off from persia's southern marge and makes an isle but when it ebbs again the passage there is sandy dry and plain nor thee great altamore in her chaste bed thy loving queen kept with her dear embrace she tore her locks she smote her breast and shed salt tears to make thee stay in that sweet place seem the rough seas more calm cruel she said than the mild looks of thy kind spouse's face or is thy shield with blood and dust defiled a dearer armful than thy tender child this was the mighty king of samarcand a captain wise well skilled in feats of war in courage fierce matchless for strength of hand great was his praise his force was noised far His worth right well the Frenchmen understand, by whom his virtues feared and loved are. His men were armed with helms and hauberks strong, and by their sides broad swords and maces hung. Then, from the mansion's bright of fresh aurora, Adrastus came, the glorious king of Inde, a snake's green skin spotted with black he wore, that was made rich by art and hard by kind an elephant this furious giant bore he fierce as fire his mouncher swift as wind much people brought he from his kingdoms wide twixt indus ganges and the salt seaside the king's own troops came next a chosen crew of all the camp the strength the crown the flower wherein each soldier had with honors due rewarded been for service ere that hour their arms were strong for need and fair for show upon fierce steeds well-mounted rode this power and heaven itself with the clear splendor shone of their bright armor purple gold and stone amongst these alcaro fierce and Odemere, the muster master was and Hydriort and Rimadon, whose rashness took no care to shun death's bitter stroke in field or fort tigranes Rapold, stern the men that fare by sea, that robid in each creek and port, Ormond, and Marlabust, the Rabian named, because that land rebellious he reclaimed. There Pyrga, Aramon, Orinda are, Grimart the scaler, and with him Swifant, the breaker of wild horses brought from far, then the great wrestler, strong Aridamont, and Tissaphern the thunderbolt of war, whom none surpassed, whom none to match durst vaunt at tilt, at tourney, or in combat brave, with spear or lance, with sword, with mace or glaive. A false Armenian did this squadron guide, that in his youth from Christ's true faith and light to the blind lore of paganism did slide, that Clement late, now Emerino height. Yet to his king he faithful was and tried, true in all causes, his in wrong and right, a cunning leader, and a soldier bold, for strength and courage young, for wisdom old. When all these regiments were past and gone, appeared Armide, and came her troop to show, set in a chariot bright with precious stone, her gown tucked up, and in her hand a bow. In her sweet face, her new displeasures, shone mixed with the native beauties there which grow, and quickened so her looks, that in sharp wise it seemed she threats, and yet her threats entice. Her chariot, like Aurora's glorious wain, with carbuncles and yacinths glistered round. Her coachman guided with the golden rein, four unicorns by couples yoked and bound. Of squires and lovely ladies, hundreds twain, whose rattling quivers at their backs resound, on milk white steeds wait on the chariot bright their steeds to manage ready swift to flight followed her troop led forth by aridin which hydriort from syria's kingdom sent as when the new-born phoenix doth begin to fly to ethiop ward at the fair bent of her rich wings strange plumes and feathers thin her crowns and chains with native gold besprent the world amazed stands and with her fly a host of wandering birds that sing and cry. So passed Armida, looked on, gazed on so, a wondrous dame in habit, gesture, face. There lived no white to love so great a foe, but wished and longed those beauties to embrace. Scant seen, with anger sullen, sad for woe, she conquered all the lords and knights in place. What would she do, her sorrows past, think you, when her fair eyes, her looks, and smiles shall woo? She passed. The king commanded Emeren of his rich throne to mount the lofty stage, to whom his host, his army, and his men he would commit, now in his graver age. With stately grace the man approached then, his looks, his coming honour did presage, the guard asunder cleft and passage made. He to the throne up went, And there he stayed. To earth he cast his eyes and bent his knee. To whom the king thus can his will explain. To thee the scepter, Emorin. To thee these armies I commit. My place sustain amongst them. Go, set the king of Judah free. And let the Frenchman feel my just disdain. Go, meet them. Conquer them. Leave none alive or those that scape from battle, bring captive. Thus spake the tyrant, and the sceptre laid with all his sovereign power upon the knight. I take this sceptre at your hand, he said, and with your happy fortune go fight, and trust my lord in your great virtue's aid to venge all Asia's harms, her wrongs to right, nor e'er but victor will I see your face. Our overthrow shall bring death, not disgrace. Heavens grant, if ill, yet no mishap I dread, or harm they threaten gainst this camp of thine, that all that mischief fall upon my head, theirs be the conquest and the danger mine, and let them safe bring home their captain dead, buried in pomp of triumph's glorious shrine. He ceased, and then, a murmur loud upwent, with noise of joy and sound of instrument. Amid the noise and shout, uprose the king, environed with many a noble peer, that to his royal tent the monarch bring. And there he feasted them, and made them cheer. To him and him he talked, and carved each thing, the greatest, honored, meanest, graced were. And while this mirth, this joy, and feast doth last, armida found fit time her nets to cast but when the feast was done she that espied all eyes on her fair visage fixed and bent and by true notes and certain signs descried how love's empoisoned fire their entrails brent arose and where the king sate in his pride with stately pace and humble gestures went and as she could In looks, in voice, she strove, fierce, stern, bold, angry, and severe to prove. Great Emperor, behold me here, she saith, for thee my country and my faith to fight. A dame, a virgin, but a royal maid, and worthy seems this war a princess' height. For by the sword the scepter is upstayed this hand can use them both with skill and might this hand of mine can strike and at each blow thy foes and ours kill wound and overthrow nor yet suppose this is the foremost day wherein to war i bent my noble thought but for the surety of thy realms and stay of our religion true ere this i wrought yourself best know if this be true i say or if my former deeds rejoiced you aught when Godfrey's hardy knights and princes strong I captive took, and held in bondage long, I took them, bound them, and so sent them bound to thee a noble gift, with whom they had condemned, low in dungeon underground, for ever dwelt, in woe and torment sad. So might thine host an easy way have found to end this doubtful war with conquest glad, had not Rinaldo fierce, my knights all slain, and set those lords, his friends, at large again. Rinaldo is well known, and there a long and true rehearsal made she of his deeds. This is the knight that since hath done me wrong, wrong yet untold, that sharp revengement needs. Displeasure, therefore, mixed with reason strong, This thirst of war in me, this courage breeds. Nor how he injured me, time serves to tell. Let this suffice, I seek revengement fell, And will procure it, for all shafts that fly Light not in vain, some work the shooter's will, And Jove's right hand, with thunders cast from sky, Takes open vengeance oft for secret ill. But if some champion dare this night defy to mortal battle, and by fight him kill, and with his hateful head will me present, that gift my soul shall please my heart content. So please, that for reward and joy he shall, the greatest gift I can or may afford, myself, my beauty, wealth, and kingdoms all, to marry him and take him for my lord this promise will i keep whate'er befall and thereto bind myself by oath and word now he that deems this purchase worth his pain let him step forth and speak i none disdain while thus the princess said his hungry eye addressed as fed on her sweet beauty's light the gods forbid quoth he one shaft of thine should be discharged gainst that discourteous knight His heart unworthy is, shootress divine, Of thine artillery to feel the might. To wreak thine ire behold me, pressed and fit, I will his head cut off, and bring thee it. I will his heart, with this sharp sword, divide, And to the vultures cast his carcass out. Thus threatened he. But Tissithurn envied to hear his glorious vaunt and boasting stout, and said, But who art thou that so great pride thou show'st before the king, me, and this rout? Pardee, here are some such, whose worth exceeds thy vaunting much, yet boast not of their deeds. The Indian fierce replied, I am the man whose acts his words and boasts have a-surpassed. But if elsewhere the words thou now began had uttered been, that speech had been thy last thus quarrelled they the monarch stayed them then and twixt the angry knights his sceptre cast then to armida said fair queen i see thy heart is stout thy thoughts courageous be thou worthy art that their disdain and ire at thy commands these knights should both appease against thy foe their courage hot as fire thou mayst employ both when and where thou please There, all their power and force, and what desire they have to serve thee, may they show at ease. The monarch held his peace when this was said, and they knew proffer of their service made. Nor they alone, but all that famous were in feats of arms, boasts that he shall be dead. All offer her their aid, all say and swear to take revenge on his condemned head. So many arms moved she against her dear, and swore her darling underfoot to tread. But he, since first the enchanted isle he left, safe in his barge the roaring waves still cleft. By the same way returned the well-taught boat by which it came, and made like haste, like speed. The friendly wind upon her sail that smote, so turned as to return her ship had need. THE YOUTH SOMETIMES THE POLE OR BEAR DID NOTE, OR WANDERING STARS WHICH CLEAREST NIGHTS FORTH SPREAD, SOMETIMES THE FLOODS, THE HILLS, OR MOUNTAINS STEEP, WHOSE WOODY FRONTS shade THE SILENT DEEP. NOW OF THE CAMP, THE MAN, THE STATE, inquires. NOW ASKS THE CUSTOMS STRANGE OF SUNDRY LANDS, and sailed till clad in beams and bright attires the fourth day's sun on the eastern threshold stands. But when the western seas had quenched those fires, their frigate struck against the shore and sands. Then spoke their guide, The land of Palestine this is. Here must your journey end, and mine. The knights she set upon the shore all three, and vanished thence in twinkling of an eye uprose the night, in whose deep blackness be all colors hid of things in earth or sky, nor could they house or hold or harbor see, or in that desert sign of dwelling spy, nor track of man or horse, or aught that might inform them of some path or passage right. When they had mused what way they travel should, from the waste shore their steps at last they twined, and lo! Far off, at last, their eyes behold something, they wist not what, that clearly shined, with rays of silver and with beams of gold, which the dark folds of night's black mantle lined. Forward they went, and marched against the light, to see and find the thing that shone so bright. High on a tree they saw an armor new that glistered bright against Cynthia's silver ray. Therein, like stars in skies, the diamond shoe fret in the gilden helm and hauberk gay. The mighty shield, all scored, full they view, of pictures fair, ranged in meet array. To keep them sat an aged man beside, who to salute them rose when them he spied. The twain who first were sent in this pursuit, of their wise friend well knew the aged face, but when the wizard sage their first salute received and quitted had with kind embrace to the young prince that silent stood and mute he turned his speech in this unused place for you alone i wait my lord quoth he my chiefest care your state and welfare be for though you wot it not i am your friend and for your profit work as these can tell I taught them how I might as charms to end, and bring you hither from love's hateful cell. Now to my words, though sharp perchance, attend, nor be aggrieved, although they seem to fell. But keep them well in mind, till in the truth a wise and holier man instruct thy youth. Not underneath sweet shades and fountains shrill among the nymphs, the fairies, leaves, and flowers, but on the steep, the rough and craggy hill of virtue stands this bliss, this good of ours. By toil and travel, not by sitting still in pleasure's lap, we come to honour's bowers. Why will you thus in sloth's deep valley lie, the royal eagles on the mountains fly, Nature lifts up thy forehead to the skies, and fills thy heart with high and noble thought, that thou to heavenward aye eh, shouldst lift thine eyes, and purchase fame by deeds well done and wrought. She gives thee ire by which hot courage flies to conquests, not through brawls and battles fought for civil jars, nor that thereby you might your wicked malice wreak and cursed spite, but that your strength, Spurred forth with noble wrath, with greater fury might Christ's foes assault, and that you bridle should with lesser scath each secret vice, and kill each inward fault. For so his godly anger ruleth hath each righteous man beneath heaven's starry vault, and at his will makes it now hot, now cold, now lets it run, now doth it fettered hold. Thus parleth he. Rinaldo, hushed and still, great wisdom heard in those few words compiled. He marked the speech. a purple blush did fill his guilty cheeks. Down went his eyesight mild. The hermit, by his bashful looks, his will well understood, and said, Look up, my child, and painted in this precious shield, Behold the glorious deeds of thy forefathers old thine elders glory here in see and know in virtue's path how they trod all their days whom thou art far behind a runner slow in this true course of honor fame and praise up up thyself in sight by the fair show of knightly worth which this bright shield berays, that be thy spur to praise at last the knight looked up and on those portraits bent his sight the cunning workmen had, in little space, infinite shapes of men there well expressed. For there described was the worthy race and pedigree of all the house of Est. Come from a Roman spring, or all the place flowed pure streams of crystal east and west. With laurel crowned stood the princes old, their wars the hermit and their battles told. He showed him Caius first when first in prey to people strange the falling empire went, first Prince of Est, that did the scepter sway o'er such as chose him lord by free consent. His weaker neighbors to his rule obey, need made them stoop, constraint doth force content. After, when Lord Honorius called the train of savage Goths into his land again, and when all Italy did burn and flame with bloody war by this fierce people made, when Rome a captive and a slave became, and to be quite destroyed was most afraid, Aurelius, to his everlasting fame, preserved in peace the folk that him obeyed, next whom was Forrest, who the rage withstood of the bold Huns and of their tyrant proud. Known by his look was Attila the fell, whose dragon eyes shone bright with anger's spark, worse-faced than a dog Who viewed him well, supposed they saw him grin, and heard him bark. But when in single fight he lost the bell, how through his troops he fled, there might you mark, and how Lord Forrest after fortified Aquila's town, and how for it he died. For there was wrought the fatal end and fine, both of himself and of the town he kept. But his great son, renowned Acherine, into his father's place and honor stepped. To cruel fate, not to the Huns, all time gave place, and when time served, again forth leapt, and in a vale of Po built for his seat, of many a village small, a city great. Against the swelling flood he banked it strong, and thence uprose the fair and noble town, where they of Est would by succession long command, and rule in bliss and high renown. Against Odoacer then he fought, but wrong oft spoileth right. Fortune treads courage down, for there he died for his dear country's sake, and of his father's praise did so partake. With him died Alferisio, Atzo was with his dear brother into exile sent, but homewards they in arms again repass, the herald king oppressed from banishment. His front through pierced with a dart, alas, Next them of Est, the Paminondas went, That smiling seemed to cruel death to yield, When Totala was fled, and safe his shield. Of Boniface I speak, Valerian his son, In praise and power succeeded him, Who durst sustain in years though scant a man, Of the proud Goths an hundred squadrons trim. Then he that gainst the Slavs much honour won, Ernesto, threatening, stood with visage grim. Before him, Aldward the Lombard stout, who, from Monchelsea's, boldly erst shut out. There Henry was, and Beragar the bold that served great Charles in his conquest high, who in each battle give the onset wood, a hardy soldier and a captain sly. After Prince Louis did he well uphold against his nephew, king of Italy. He won the field and took that king on live. Next him stood Otho, with his children five. Of Almeric, the image next they view, Lord Marquis of Ferrara first create, founder of many churches, that up through his eyes like one that used to contemplate. Against him, the second Atzo stood in rue, with Berengarius that did long debate, till after often change of fortune's stroke he won, and on all Italy laid the yoke albert his son the germans ward among and there his praise and fame was spread so wide that having foiled the danes in battle strong his daughter young became great otho's bride behind him hugo stood with warfare long that broke the horn of all the roman's pride who of all italy the marquis height and tuscan whole possessed as his right after Tibaldo, Puisant puissant boniface and beatrice his dear possessed the stage nor was there left heir male of that great race to enjoy the scepter, state, and heritage. The princess Maud alone supplied the place, supplied the want in number, sex, and age. For far above each scepter, throne, and crown, the noble dame advanced her veil and gown. With manlike vigor shone her noble look, and more than manlike wrath her face o'erspread. There the fell Normans, guichard there, forsook the field. Till then, who never feared nor fled, Henry the Fourth she beat, and from him took his standard, and in church it offer it, which done the Pope back to the Vatican she brought and placed in Peter's chair again, as he that honoured her and held her dear Atzo the V stood by her lovely side, but the fourth Axo's offspring far and near spread forth, and through Germania fructified, sprung from that branch did Guelpho bold appear. Guelpho, his son by Cunagon, his bride, and in Bavaria's field transplanted new, this Roman graft flourished, increased, and grew. A branch of Est, there in the Guelphian tree in was, which of itself was old, whereon you might the Guelpho's Pharisee renew their scepters and their crowns of gold, on which heaven's good aspect so bended be that high and broad it spread and flourished bold till underneath his glorious branches laid half Germany, and all under his shade. This regal plan from his Italian root sprung up as high and blossomed fair above. For Fornance Lord Guelpho Berthold issued out, with the sixth Azzo whom all virtues love. This was the pedigree of worthy stout, who seemed in that bright shield to live and move. Rinaldo waked up, and cheered his face to see these worthies of his house and race. To do like acts of courage wished and sought, and with that wish transported him so far that all those deeds which filled a his thought, towns won, forts taken, armies killed in war, as if they were things done indeed and wrought before his eyes he thinks they present are. He hastily arms him, and with hope and haste sure conquest met, prevented, and embraced. But Charles, who had told the death and fall of the young Prince of Danes, his late dear lord, gave him the fatal weapon, and withal, young knight, quoth he, take with good luck this sword. Your just, strong, valiant hand in battle shall employ it long for Christ's true faith and word, and of his former lord revenge the wrongs. Who loved you so, that deed to you belongs. He answered God, for his mercy's sake, grant that this hand which holds this weapon good, for thy dear master may sharp vengeance take, may cleave the pagan's heart and shed his blood. To this but short reply did Charles make, and thanked him much, nor more on terms they stood, for lo, the wizard sage that was their guide on their dark journey hastes them forth to ride. High time it is, quoth he, for you to wend where God for you awaits and many a night. There may be well arrive ere night doth end, and through this darkness can I guide you right. This said, up to his coach they all ascend, on its swift wheels forth rolled the chariot light. He gave his coursers fleet the rod and rein, and galloped forth and eastward drove amain. While silent so through night's dark shade they fly, the hermit thus bespake the young man stout of thy great house thy race thine offspring high here hast thou seen the branch the bole the root and as these worthies born to chivalry and deeds of arms it hath tofore brought out so is it so it shall be fertile still nor time shall end nor age that seed shall kill would god as drawn from the forgetful lap of antique time i have thine elders shown that so I could the catalogue unwrap of thy great nephews yet unborn, unknown, that ere this light they view their fate and hap I might foretell, and how their chance is thrown, that like thine elders so thou mightst behold thy children many, famous, stout, and bold. But not by art or skill of things future can the plain truth revealed be, and told, although some knowledge doubtful dark obscure we have of coming haps in clouds uprode nor all which in this cause i know for sure dare i foretell for of that father old the hermit peter learned i much and he withouten veil heaven's secrets great doth see but this to him revealed by grace divine by him to me declared to thee i say was never race greek barbarous or latine Great in times past, or famous at this day, richer in hardy knights than this of thine, such blessings heaven shall on thy children lay that they in fame shall pass in praise. Or come the worthies old of Sparta, Carthage, Rome, but amongst the rest I chose Alphonsus bold in virtue first, second in place and name he shall be born when this frail world grows old corrupted poor and bare of men of fame better than he none shall none can or could the sword or sceptre use or guide the same to rule in peace or to command in fight thine offspring's glory and thy house's light his younger age foretokens true shall yield of future valour puissance force and might from him no rock the savage beast shall shield at tilt or turny match him shall no knight, after, he conquer shall in pitched field great armies, and win spoils in single fight, and on his locks, rewards for knightly praise, shall garlands wear of grass, of oak, of bays, his graver age, as well that yield it fits, shall happy peace preserve and quiet blessed, and from his neighbours strong amongst whom he sits, shall keep his cities safe in wealth and rest shall nourish arts and cherish pregnant wits make triumphs great and feast his subjects best reward the good the ill with pains torment shall dangers all foresee and seen prevent but if it hap against those wicked bands that sea and earth infest with blood and war and in these wretched times to noble lands give laws of peace false and unjust that are that he be sent to drive their guilty hands from Christ's pure altars and high temples far. Oh, what revenge, what vengeance shall he bring on that false sect and their accursed king? Too late the Moors, too late the Turkish king against him should arm their troops and legions bold, for he beyond great Euphrates should bring beyond the frozen tops of Taurus cold, beyond the land where is perpetual spring, the cross. The eagle white, the lily of gold, and by baptizing of the Ethiop's brown, of aged Nile reveal the springs unknown. Thus said the hermit, and his prophecy the prince accepted with content and pleasure. The secret thought of his posterity, of his concealed joys, heaped up the measure. Meanwhile the morning bright was mounted high, and changed heaven's silver wealth to golden treasure, and high above the Christian tents they view how the broad ensigns trembled, waved, and blew. When thus again their leader sage begun, see how bright Phoebus clears the darksome skies, see how with gentle beams the friendly sun the tents, the towns, the hills, and dales describes. Through my well guiding is your voyage done, from danger safe in travel oft which lies, Hence, without fear of harm or doubt of foe, march to the camp. I may no nearer go. Thus took he leave, and made a quick return, and forward went the champions three on foot, and marching right against the rising morn, a ready passage to the camp found out. Meanwhile, had speedy fame the tidings borne, that to the tents approached these barons stout, And starting from his throne and kingly seat, to entertain them rose Godfredo great. End of Book 17.